The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. What an exciting topic we have for you today. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Oh, my goodness. I have a quote from Naresh Jain from InfoQ.com. This is a couple of years old, November 25th. 2013. Let me read it and this will get us started. He says, at Kickstarter, an impressive 44% of projects have met their funding goals before they've started building a product. I would love to momentarily pause time while people line up on my doorstep waiting to pay me hard cash for a product that doesn't even exist. It's worth a shot, right? <laughs> yes, Naresh Jane, it probably is worth a shot. This is a quote from InfoQE Mag, and there's an article called Lean Startup if you want to look it up. So let's talk about our topic today. You're a startup. Okay, there are millions of you around the world. You've got great ideas, and you are absolutely rock sure positive that your idea, your product, your service, whatever it is, is going to take the world, your industry, your country, your, your community, going to take everything by storm. We are so excited for you. So here is a very tough question. Will you sell your vision, as quoted from Naresh Jain? Will you sell your vision before you spend money and time and people and other resources to design and build? Or, 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 big question, will you design and build before you sell and take the risk that you put all that into doing something and the market doesn't like it and rejects you? Or, here's another brilliant idea, maybe you'll switch between the two. Sometimes you'll build first, sometimes you'll sell first on the fly. Do you really have that agility and that kind of resources at your fingertips? Well, whatever your path, we have words of wisdom for you. Be strong and remember Thomas Edison's words of wisdom. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. So we're talking today, if you get the drift, about the path to startup success. Sell, design, build versus designed, build, sell. And that is the question. Let me tell you who's on the panel today. We have Colleen Hardwick from PlaySpeak. We have Fuad El-Nagar from Safo, And we have Louisa Silver from SAP Startup Focus Program. And we'll be finding out a little bit more about them in a few minutes. So let me start off with a quote, the opening quote Colleen Hardwick has sent us, and she was on the show a couple of months ago, and we are delighted to have her back. And she sent us a quote from Goethe, if you want to know how to spell that. You may say it differently, G-O-E-T-H-E, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, 1749 to 1832, a German writer and statesman, most celebrated for his drama, Faust. Let's just leave it at that, and here is the quote. 
Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Colleen Hardwick, welcome back. How have you been? I've been well, and I'm happy to be back again. Thanks for the invitation, Bonnie. We are delighted. Colleen, last time you were on, it was just you and me and, and Dave Katona from SAP Startup Focus. and We had such a wonderful time speaking, so I was thrilled when Christina Sosa told me she had invited you back. And now let's talk about this quote. Are you a follower? Have you read Faust? Are you a follower of Goethe? Well, I, I did when I was in university many years ago, uh, but that quote is attributed to Goethe, but there's, there's other uh, writers that it's also been attributed to over time. Um, but I, I like the core of it, and the core of the idea, of course, is that it, it takes imagination uh, to come up with innovation in the first place. You've got to have that core vision that gets you started in whatever it is that, that you're going to invent and bring into being. Um, so when this whole discussion about whether we, we have the vision, the, the, we test it all out, the idea, and sell it up front without building anything or, or build it and test it after the fact, to me it all has to start from the place of, of imagination and then uh, the rest of it is carry through. It's, uh, it's making it happen after you've got that core vision. Colleen, tell me something. Are you a fan of the two options I gave in the title of the show, Sell, Design, Build versus Design, Build, Sell? If I had to pin you right down, down right now and say, Colleen Hardwick, you have been there, done that. You are a creator. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business fire starter. You make rain happen, Ms. Hardwick. We know that, and we'll talk about your company, your current company, in a few minutes. What would your choice be, Sell, Design, Build or Design, Build, Sell? Well, it, it's a little of both. I don't think that you can bifurcate it quite that way. Um, another one, of, I was reading some of the other comments, and it, it depends on what you're doing. Are you creating something that's completely new and unprecedented, or are you make, building a better mousetrap, something that, that is pre-existing that you're elaborating mm-hmm. upon or, or, or building a better solution around? So those, those are, are key questions that you also have to be asking yourself in responding to your question, but I do, I do come back to the fact that it, it starts with the idea in the first place. My personal experience, I've, I've been on both sides of that. I've sold a vision uh, without uh, any revenue and then come into it, and also I've started things where I've gotten early revenue and built uh, and iterated around that. So I don't think that there's any kind of absolute one way or the other. Um, but I think the ability to be agile and responsive plays an important role um, no matter which side of the equation you stick to. Thank you very much, Colleen. And that goes back to the opening, that comment I gave from Naresh Jane and InfoCube.com. I'd love to pause time while people line up on my doorstep waiting to pay me hard cash for a product that doesn't even exist. I think that's everybody's dream, you think, Colleen, that if they're just going to know that you're thinking about it and they're going to say, wow. Let's move on to our second guest, and it's Fawad El-Nagar at Sappho, and we'll find out about his company in a few minutes. And he has sent us a wonderful quote from Mike Tyson. Those of you not familiar, well, where have you been hiding? Mike Tyson, Michael Gerard Mike Tyson, born in June of 1966, is an American former professional 
boxer who competed in the ring from 1985 to 2005. If you haven't followed his career, he won his first 19 professional fights by knockout, 12 in the first round. He won so many titles, I can't even think of them. WBA, WBC, IBF, all at the same time, the only heavyweight to successfully have all of those unified in terms of succession. He was the youngest boxer to win a heavyweight title at age 20 years, 4 months, and 22 days. And as they say, the expression is, who's counting? Somebody is. Here is the quote, and it's a beaut. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Fuad El Nagar, welcome to Game Changers Radio. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you, and I have to say congratulations on the new member of your family. Just we spoke a couple of days ago last week, and you have a, a new. Is it a, a boy or a girl? Who are you welcoming this time? Uh, it's a girl. It's a girl. We, you know, we had a we had a plan. We wanted to have uh, four kids under five, and you know, we did it. We did it. Under the wire, no comment. Fawad, I love this quote by Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So we're talking about people lining up on your doorstep with bags of money before you even produce anything. Talk to me about how this quote relates to our topic today. Do you design first? Do you build first? Do you sell first? What do you do? Okay, great. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, uh, following a quote from Gotha with Mike Tyson makes me feel like a, a little bit of a hobo. Uh, and I'm sure that my professors from Dartmouth are rolling over in their graves, um, you know, or in, in their ivory towers right now, knowing that, uh, that I'm bringing Mike Tyson to the party uh, when somebody's bringing somebody, uh, you know, much more learned and interesting. What I love about this quote is people bring it up quite often as an um, idea that says, you know what, plans don't work, right? Everyone's like, ah. Oh, you know, planning is silly, right? The second that you get into combat, somebody punches you in the face, all plans kind of go out the door. And one of the things that I, I have seen is that people never bring in the second part of the quote, right? Which is, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Then, like a rat, they stop in fear and freeze. Um, and so, you know, I think Colleen brought up a great point uh, about agility, right? And so when I see this quote, you know, for me it's, hey, you, you can have a plan, but you need to expect that you're going to get punched in the mouth, right? There's this old Bushido saying that says, you know, uh, if you know that the storm is coming, you won't be upset when you get wet. Uh, if you have a plan and you're selling a vision and you're going to, you know, uh, build, you know, design and then sell, uh, you've got to be ready for that punch in the mouth. You've got to be ready for uh, the storm that's coming. And you can't fear and freeze. You've got to be agile. Um, and, you know, I think... Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about this, and, and Colleen brought it up, uh, you know, the idea of, um, you know, what type of company are you building? Are you building something that, you know, changes the paradigm? Are you building something that's just incremental change? Um, you know, if you're building something that changes the paradigm, you know, you've got to have a North Star, right? You have to have a big vision, and you've got to be willing to build to it, and you've got to be willing to know that on the other end, it, you know, it might be a dog, um, but you have to be agile. Um, you know, you have to be agile. You know, if you get punched in the mouth and, and you realize that your plan is not going to kind of work out, uh, it doesn't mean that you drive the boat into an iceberg, right? It means that mm-hmm. you've got to be agile and you've got to be willing to iterate, right? And so I thought your third path, which is a little of both, uh, is actually, uh, you know, the, the right interesting path, um, you know, that I've seen be successful uh, over the course of my career. 
Thank you very much. And, and let me ask you something, Fawad. We're talking about agility. We're also talking about the ability to stay the course. You are an inventor. You're a creator. You're an entrepreneur. You meaning the general, somebody who comes up with an idea. Do you think it has to be in somebody's DNA that they have that Oh, that core strength to say, well, didn't do so well on the first sales call. I think we'll try again. Do you think that, that everybody does that? Or is that a, an equalizing factor where some people say, nah, not cut out for it. I thought I was an entrepreneur, but I don't have the stomach for it. What, what have you observed? Well, I, I think it's actually two different skills. And, you know, it's really rare when you can find uh, somebody who has both. One is, is that person that can look at kind of a mess of information and pull out a pattern and say, you know what? You know what's missing on the Internet? Uh, the ability for me to connect to a social network of friends. Um, you know, how obvious is Facebook as an idea? It's not like Facebook was the only company that was out there thinking about doing it, you know, but, you know, they pulled it together in just the right way and hit the market in just the right way that the thing worked, right? So, you know, I think, you know, to have that vision, to be an innovator, to kind of, See lots of data. I mean, all of us saw the same thing happening with the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, a few a few people were able to kind of make it happen. You know, I think that that is rare. Uh, on the other side, selling it and being able to take no's—that also is a type of DNA that someone needs. Um, because you know, if you're a person who gets discouraged easily, um, you know, if you're a person that you know, when you get no's, you take it, you know, deeply personally. Um, you know, I can tell you from from my 20 years in the, in the business uh, and in my career, you've got to be willing to take those punches in the face and keep going, right? Um, and not get down, not get depressed, you know, not get too high when something goes great, not get too low when something stinks, right? Or you get, you know, the 50th no for the week. Um, you know, so again, I think it's two different types of DNA. And every once in a while, you can find somebody who has the ability to kind of, yeah, I've got the vision and I know how to sell it. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I think we're going to cover a lot of territory here today, and thank you for joining us. And now let's bring on our third panelist. She is Luisa Silva at SAP Startup Focus. Hasn't been on with us in a couple of years, and we're thrilled to have her back. And Luisa has sent a quote from Henry Ford, the American industrialist, founder of the Ford Motor Company. And here's an interesting fact our listeners may not know. Although Ford invented neither the automobile nor the assembly line, he did develop and manufacture the first automobile that middle-class Americans could afford. So a car was no longer an expensive curiosity. It became a profound impact on the landscape of the 20th century. So that was his contribution. He did not invent the assembly line, but he did come up with the concept of mass production. And there we are. Vroom, vroom. And here's the quote Louisa has selected from Henry Ford. If everyone is moving forward together, then success takes care of itself. Louisa Silva, how have you been? Very good, Bonnie. Thank you. And thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to we be here. We are delighted. So talk to me about the Henry Ford quote. Well, it's um, um, it's uh, a little bit about putting the or aligning the stars together. Uh, like our prior guest was uh, just mentioning, when you know where you're going, you have your north star and, and you'll know the direction. But when you're trying to find a way, and if you can put the all the stars, align all the stars together, then success takes care of itself because the mindset, the 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 joint mindset, will uh, help things to be driven. 
And uh, I think that um, the, the startup perspective uh, of uh, coming up with something new or improving uh, a process or, or a use case that is already there brings uh, very different mindsets onto the table. And I think that uh, uh, when you are improving something, it's more about moving everybody, moving forward when you have everybody uh, together um, is, is more prone to that. But when you are creating something new, sometimes you need to not listen. And I'm sure that you will find me a little bit controversial today because I'm, I'm always uh, considering that uh, all of these needs a balance especially when a startup is creating a new approach or something that no one has ever thought about. Um, um, I chose the Henry Ford, but I also like to, to bring forward the perspective of Albert, Albert uh, Einstein, who answered questions that no one was uh, asking, right? If, uh, if he would have settled with uh, all the assumptions that were uh, considered true and facts that at the time you would have never come up with the, the theory of uh, relativity. Absolutely true. Thank you very much, Louisa, and it's a pleasure to have you back. Let's circle around, back around the table to Colleen Hardwick. And Colleen, I usually just ask the question, where are you calling from? And what's in your cup today? Or what do you love to drink? But today, I want to make sure our listeners get a refreshing update on what you've been up to. So why don't you just spend a minute or so talking about Place Speak and a little bit about your journey into very successful entrepreneurship. And then you could tell me what you love to drink. Colleen Hardwick, go ahead. <laughs> well, hmm. thanks. Um, well, I'm excited to uh, report that PlaySpeak uh, won an Innovation Award, SAP Innovation Award, for our uh, Centimap and, uh, in, in the uh, Social Hero category. And, and we've been invited to, um, to head out to Sapphire in Orlando next week to be part of, uh, part of that whole exercise. It was really uh, encouraging for us. Anytime you win an award that acknowledges the... Um, the innovation and importance of what you're doing, it always is, is positively reinforcing. I'll take the shot in the arm. So uh, we're... Continuing. I want to say congratulations. I have to congratulate you because I know that's a big deal. And by the way, I will be broadcasting live for three days from Sapphire. So please stop by the Game Changers radio booth and say hello, Colleen. Really, really very proud of you for, for that accomplishment. So go ahead. Tell us a little more. Well, thank you. So the whole idea... Um, because PlaySpeak, as you may recall, is a location-based citizen engagement platform that makes it possible to consult with people online within specific geographical boundaries in a provable way. We gather data. And so what we did with the Centimap is we gather large amounts of big text data or qualitative data from discussion forums about ranges of different kinds of topics, and then we're able to... Uh, to visualize that on the map so we can understand whether people's or attitudes are very positive or very negative uh, according to whatever the subject matter being discussed is. So one of the big challenges these days, of course, is, is being able to, A, believe anything that you see on the Internet, that, that mm -hmm. uh, emphasis on authentication in a world of uh, making it real in a world of fake news is really important, but also being able to Communicate it in an easy-to-understand way is important, and that's where uh, the visualization piece comes in. So, again, we're delighted uh, that our innovation in this area has been recognized. So and we are delighted. Uh, Colleen, I want to ask you, how do you, how do you spell Centimap? I want to tweet the congratulations it's, uh, right it's now. S-E-N-T, Centimap. Yes. 
MAP, M-A-P. Okay, Patsy. thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so now, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking that inspires you? Well, I'm, I'm calling from beautiful British Columbia, uh, Vancouver, looking out the window at a beautiful sunny day. It's also election day here in British Columbia, where we're voting for uh, our members of the legislature, and for those of you that know anything about Canadian politics. And what am I drinking today? <laughs> I am drinking a, a lemon ginger tea which uh, I really enjoy because it's, it's zesty, uh, but calming at the same time. So just enjoying my, my lemon ginger tea as I look out on a, a calm and beautiful uh, spring, late spring day. Thank you very much. Late spring day indeed it is. It's about 60-something here on Long Island. It's a beautiful sunny day, but a little bit on the cool side. And they turned our heat off a little bit early, Colleen, because we were having 90-degree weekends. And everybody said, no more heat. And now I'm saying, where's the heat? It's cold here at night. Thank you, Colleen. Fuad El-Nagar, where are you calling from? And tell us a little bit about Sappho and then what's in your cup today. Cool. Uh, I am calling from the Bay Area. Uh, I am in Saratoga today. Uh, as you mentioned, we just had a baby, so I am here mm-hmm. being a good dad. Uh, you know, we're lucky enough to live uh, up in the mountains, so I've got a view of Silicon Valley outside my window right now. Um, in terms of uh, Sappho, uh, Sappho is a modern portal. Um, uh, we primarily service Fortune 500 Global 2000 companies. Um, and what we offer them is the ability to create a single view um, of micro-applications and tasks from all of their legacy and existing systems of record um, that get to their employees wherever they're at, whether they're on a mobile device, whether they're using a messenger like Microsoft Teams, uh, whether they're using something like IBM Connections or email um, or a portal uh, or a desktop uh, client. You know, the idea is take a large bloated legacy system, uh, unbundle it into these little atomic units of work, and push those out to people. Um, you know, we talked about Facebook a little bit earlier. Um, mm-hmm. My co-founder and I, we were at CBS uh, Interactive before uh, Sappho, and, you know, I think one of the big frustrations we had was we had all of these legacy systems with all this valuable data in it, and... You know, we had to do six-hour training sessions with people to teach them how to use basic software uh, that mm. they then would forget how to use, forget their passwords, you know, forget where the, the little feature that they needed was. Um, and so we said, you know, why, as a consumer, do I get to use Facebook and Google and Siri uh, and as a, you know, consumer of enterprise software, I've got to use stuff that looks like a tax form. Uh, and so we said, let's take kind of this Facebook uh, idea, right? This idea of putting information into a feed in one spot uh, and make that feed be your work out of these different systems of record uh, that people have. On average, you touch 32 different systems of record uh, every mm. year uh, at a large enterprise. Um, so that's what SAFO is about. Um, you know, we've been really fortunate um, to have you know quite a bit of success till now. Uh, right now, I'm drinking a diet peach snapple. Um, mm. I don't know. There must be something addictive in it because uh, I'm a very <laughs> cheap person. Um, and, you know, I think they used to make fun of me at CBS because I would fly coach uh, on international flights uh, while the rest of our exec team uh, was flying up in business class. Um, and, uh, and so I'm very <laughs> conscious of money, but my one 
thing in life that I'm willing to spend money on is diet peach and apple. <laughs> you are charming and smart as well. Thank you very much, and congratulations on your success. And now let's talk to Louisa. Little Birdie told me that we are calling Louisa today, and she is in Luxembourg. I think you're the only guest out of a 1,000 shows and about 4,000 guests in the past five and a half years, Louisa, who is in Luxembourg during a show. So, Louisa, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there, a little bit about your work for SAP Startup Focus, and then... And we'd love to know what you're drinking and what time of day is it, Louisa? Sure, Bonnie. Thank you. So I'll start with the time of day. It's uh, uh, a little bit, uh, so almost half past six in the afternoon in Luxembourg. A beautiful blue and sunny afternoon uh, filled with uh, spring flowers and green trees with a lovely melody of uh, birds from the the season. So very, very um uh, how to say, warm uh, environment, although the temperature is not that high. But here the, the plants um, dream about spring and, and uh, summer, and they take every, every moment they can uh, to, to blossom and uh, share their beauty. So um, Luxembourg, uh, it's a little bit unique, and thank you for, for saying that, you know, over 4,000 people, I'm the only one that participates <laughs> from Luxembourg ever. So it's a very tiny country with a little bit uh, more than 500,000 inhabitants, so residents, uh, although almost 3 million people come to work around. So uh, it's one of the bases of the European Union institutions. So a, lot, a very international uh, environment, and um, I'm based here because it's very convenient for moving around in Europe since I've, I have uh, very easy access to most of the cities in, in the region. So it, within Startup Focus, uh, I've joined the, the, the program over uh, or almost four years ago. End of the month will be four years ago, and I, my current responsibility is uh, director for market enable, enablement and go-to-market, accumulating uh, both the responsibility within EMEA and also the global coordination within the team uh, regarding this go-to-market support to startups. What is this um, market enablement and go-to-market? It's about really accelerating and mentoring the startups once they complete a minimum viable product on top of our technology and a little bit going to your cell uh, build, cell design build or build design and uh, sell later. So uh, within our program, we do foster a balance in between the two, uh, but um, go-to-market, uh, strong go-to-market access comes after a minimum viable product. And that's it. Okay. Thank you very much. And did you say what you're drinking? Oh, forgot about that. I'm drinking a yeah. mint and lemonade, uh, you know, fresh mint lemonade. I love it. I, it's, you know, very refreshing springtime and makes me dream of summer. But uh, no ice because you're think- in Europe. <laughs> For what I was going to say, we might be able to package what Louisa is drinking and, and give it to Snapple, and maybe that could be a new flavor. It's a minty lemonade. Sounds delicious to me. You know what? I'm going to give my three panelists a little bit of a break, actually just 90 seconds. And when we come back, we're going to do an even deeper dive into our topic of the path to startup success. Sell, design, build. 
Versus Design, Build, Sell. Versus, I'm adding to the title on the fly here because of the great information from our three panelists. Or should you be agile and flexible and savvy enough to do a hybrid? Sometimes you sell first, sometimes you build first. We're talking today with Colleen Hardwick at Place Speak, and congratulations again on winning an SAP HIA award. I posted on uh, Twitter, Colleen, a minute ago, you may have seen it, I posted the link to the press release about your win. So I wanted everybody to see that. We're tweeting today at hashtag SAPRADIO. Also speaking with Fuad El Nagar at Safo and Luisa Silva at SAP Startup Focus Program. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and guess what you're listening to? SAP Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio. We'll be right back, so don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Kevin out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram.com at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now let's get back to startup focus with game changers Yes, indeed. We're here at Startup Focus, and we are tweeting at hashtag SAPRADIO, and everybody go take a look at the tweets. We've got tweets from Colleen Hardwick, who was one of our guests, and she's tweeting at Place Speak, her latest company. We've got, let's see, tweets from NOV, INNOV Community, S-O-L-N-S, tweeting at ICS underscore BC. Uh, we've got some other people tweeting SAP startups as well. So thank you for joining us on the live Twitter sphere. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're speaking with Colleen Hardwick at Place Speak, Fuad El Nagar at Safo, S A P H O from Dune. That's where he got the name, he told me, and Louisa Silva at SAP Startup Focus Program. We're going to start the roundtable in earnest right now with some notes here from Colleen Hardwick. And she says something very profound here. It's a tweetable moment. So when she's explaining, I will tweet. She says, it all starts with a problem 
that needs to be solved. The details of the solution will emerge from the development process itself. And this is in reference to creating a new something, a product, a solution, a company, an industry. So, Colleen, why don't you tell us more, please? Well, it just strikes me that any kind of, of innovation, it, it starts with, with the idea. Are we trying to do something that's never been done before, or are we trying to make something uh, that exists better? I tend to, to fall into the former category where I'm, I'm, when I'm trying to solve a problem, I'm trying to think outside of the box. And when you're really working through innovative ideas and trying to bring them to market, my experience is that you kind of need to get something out there first so that people can get their heads around it. Because one, one of the wisest things I heard, I've heard about innovation is, is that, that people don't know what they don't know. And if you're trying to create something that's in, entirely new, you need to give people um, an entry point that they can get, they can understand it, and they can get with it. Um, otherwise, it will just seem too too crazy, or or they just won't be able to find that that point of intersection where they can connect with it. One of the wisest pieces of information of, of recommendation or advice that I received was that you need to get something out there that people can see and get their heads around initially, and then you can build on that over time. But if you don't have anything out there in in the first place, people cannot uh, connect with it. So um, speculating on the order of the process, whether that is uh, sell first or or design and build first, really needs to uh, address the essential fact that that innovation is is at the core of it. It's all starting there with trying to solve a problem. Interesting. Colleen, before I bring Fouad in and Louise, I just want to make a comment. I think I told you last time you were on the show, I'm a big fan of Shark Tank on TV. And very often... The sharks, particularly Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, will, will look, kind of scratch his, his head, his, his, scratch the non-hair on his, on his head, his pate, and he will say, I don't think you're solving a problem. Why would I need this? Why would I use it? Maybe it's a, Colleen, something that's too niche for him, whatever, whatever, but he's in many industries. So uh, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? You need to find a problem that people will have that hook and identify. Am I on track with that, Colleen? Yeah, and it is precisely the audience, the customer that you have to be thinking about. Is the customer, is it consumer-oriented or is it more of a B2B or, in my case, B to G that you're you're selling to organizations that have problems that are are often more complex than you would be deal, dealing with with a, a consumer problem. Um, I just also wanted to bring up this. I don't know if you've read the book Crossing the Chasm. Uh, there's a number of books that that are addressing or have been addressing the same kind of problems. Um, you, you start with the people that can understand the problem that you're trying to solve. You, you start with your innovators, and then you spread your early adopters, and then eventually you cross the chasm to, to, to wider use. And I think that, again, speaks to the fact that when you're solving the problem, you've got to find the people that understand what it is and build on top of that, because the chances of you coming up with something that's wholly innovative, that's never been done before, and be able to sell it without building it are fairly slim. Thank you very much, Fawad. We'd love to get your point of view on this. Agree or disagree with Colleen? 
Uh, I, I agree for the most part. I think, you know, what I would do, uh, you know, I'll do the, the classic business school, yes and, um, you know, to add, mm-hmm. to, add, to add my two cents to it. I think, you know, the problem is right, right? That's where you've got to start, um, you know, but I think what you also need to do is think about is the problem that you're solving a feature or is it a fundamentally new way uh, to do something, right? And I'll give you an example from the consumer side, which is if you think about, you know, your iPhone, right, or your smartphone that, that you have, um, you know, there were, there were a couple problems, you know, with it early on, right? And one of them was obvious and one of them uh, was less obvious. You know, the, the, the obvious one was the flashlight sucked on the phone. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, that was a problem. Uh, and, you know, I think what you had was you had, you know, 8,000 app developers uh, build a better flashlight application um, that, you know, again, you could go and get feedback from the market on, hey, what do you want from a flashlight? Um, but it's a feature. It wasn't a fundamental way of doing something different uh, on the phone. Uh, on the other hand, you had Snapchat, right? And Snapchat said, hey, you know what? Let's think about using the camera as a pathway to communication, mm-hmm. right? That was different. That was a, a fundamental problem that they were trying to solve, which is, is there a better way for people to communicate? And can I take advantage of the fact that you've got billions of people now that have a internet-enabled, you know, high-resolution video camera sitting in their pockets. Um, and so it, it does start with a problem, um, but there's different types of problems. There's problems that, you know, I think in Silicon Valley they like to say, you know, is it a vitamin or a painkiller? Um, you know, is it, is it kind of a, a scratch that needs to be itched or, you know, do you have heart disease? Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I think... You know, to, to, to Colleen's point, you start with the problem, but then you've got to figure out kind of what, what grade of problem it is. Um, and then, you know, I think based on the grade, you know, again, if you're building a flashlight that can take, you know, a month to build a, an application on your phone, yeah, go ahead and, and, you know, sell in advance and, you know, go get feedback on, hey, what's the perfect flashlight going to look like for uh, an iPhone? If you're doing something fundamentally different, you know, I think that's when you've got to be a little bit more thoughtful and say, okay, Am I willing to be strategic? Am I willing to think long-term? You know, at the enterprise, you know, I think you know, if you're just coming up with a new way to build a view on a database, uh, which is what enterprise software has essentially been for the last 30 years, yeah, I mean, go and figure out from, from the market, uh, oh, yeah, you want rounder buttons? Oh, you want it to have cooler colors? You know, th- those are solving incremental problems. Um, but if you want to change the way people are doing something, if you want to go in and impact workflows, uh, and you say, hey, productivity hasn't increased in 15 years. Um, why? Well, because we're not changing the way people do anything. You know, that to me is a, a bigger problem. Um, and so when you kind of differentiate if it's a, you know, a vitamin problem or a painkiller problem, I think that also gives you insight on, on the, the core question that you're asking, which is, hey, do I, do I uh, build first? You know, do I, do I build my movie and then release it to the public, or do I, do I kind of incrementally release and get feedback from the market? Mm-hmm. Very, very well put. Very insightful. Thank you for a while. Luisa Silva, I'd love to get your thoughts. Agree or disagree with anything or everything Colleen and Fuad have shared with us so far? Thank you, Bonnie. Um, basically, I, I, I agree in, in the general perspective. Um, with both of them, I think uh, that uh, basically um, from the perspective of uh, who is innovating, 
it's very different to to they have a very different approach uh, the the use case where you are improving on uh, the way on how you are addressing a problem or if you are radically uh, reinventing the way the world runs so personally i don't think that there needs to be a problem it can also be a will right you may want to have the will to change the way our world runs right it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's a productivity it has to be a productivity issue maybe it's about how people shop right people shop mm-hmm. doesn't matter they will shop they have shopped for uh, hundreds of uh, years and they will continue to buy stuff right but do we have um, an amazing idea of how to radically reinvent the way people shop well, there's no problem, right? There, but there might be an opportunity to really change. And that typically um, will be directly connected to um, genuine innovation like, uh, like we were discussing earlier. So I think that um, both approaches are, are, are valid. The part of um, designing and building and selling versus sell first and, and uh, build later uh, but it, I think they are closely connected with these two with these two uh, realities. If we are improving, well, maybe you do want to trial how things or how the improvements you want to bring forward um, are accepted by your target market. If you are reinventing something, of course, you need to validate a number of uh, requirements. But as Colleen was saying earlier, I think the most important thing is finding the right way to message what you are bringing to the table to the people that haven't started to understand where you want to get to. Okay, that's one point. From from um, my day-to-day um, perspective, my job is to uh, help startups articulate that message uh, when they do come with an amazing use case that uh, most people either do not understand or don't see the need for in the beginning or don't understand why, the, why it makes so much sense, um, try to help them articulate um, the messaging and the communication the best way to uh, really bring that value um, added f- forward. Uh, for improvement, definitely the, the validation and the trial and the exposure and the engagement or co-innovation with the relevant um, market stakeholder in the area that they are uh, working on is a very valuable approach. So I'm agreeing and disagreeing. Okay, well, that's that's what we like. We like thought-provoking commentary. Colleen, since you launched this topic, I'm going to let you respond uh, to Louisa and to Fawad. Your thoughts before I move on? Well, I, it's all sensible. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I think that the key thing was to, to recognize that there is a, a range of responses depending on what it is that you are trying to bring into being. Because your job as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur is to be a catalyst, really, isn't it? It's to bring something into being that doesn't exist. And whether that is elaborating on something that, you know, like the, the example of the, the flashlight in the smartphone, or whether it's creating something that completely changes the way that, that uh, people do things. So Thank you. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that's the key 
uh, the key thing is is to acknowledge that there is a, a spectrum involved here, but at the core of it is this this notion of the entrepreneur as a catalyst. Thank you very much. Fuad, I'm looking at your notes here, and we've covered a certain amount of what you've sent me, but here's something interesting. Let's talk about how this all gets put together. You say there is a real danger in allowing your product and feature set to be driven totally by the customer, and you say it leads to tremendous feature bloat. I think that's an interesting concept. So why don't you talk about how much input, and, and I guess this comes from perhaps what, and tell me if I'm, I'm right or wrong here, from floating an idea, for example, on crowdsourcing like Kickstarter or GoFundMe, something like that, and say, I'm thinking about XYZ and everybody wants to give you their opinion. So talk to me. What's the reality check on this, Fawad? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I love that you started off with that Kickstarter quote. Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a really good way to kind of kick off the discussion. But, you know, what I would tell you uh, from my previous career as a venture capitalist is, can you point to any real companies that have emerged from Kickstarter? Hmm. I mean, I can tell you the answer is Pebble is probably the biggest company to have emerged out of Kickstarter, uh, maybe Oculus. Uh, you know, but I think that's a real stretch to give that uh, credit for being totally out of Kickstarter. But um, you know, I'm not sure if that's a pathway that can that can can lead to, can lead you to to something big and fundamental. Uh, certainly, there's no publicly traded companies that have uh, emerged out of Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, back to kind of the the, uh, the idea that you just talked about around you know, if you're totally driven by the customer, you know, get ready for feature bloat. I remember reading a, a book on the history of Sun Microsystems, and you know there was a joke that they talked that they that they would bring up as they were doing product design, uh, and the joke was, you know, how did God design the you know build the world in seven days? Uh, and it was he didn't have any existing customers, um, and you know I laugh at that because it's true. Uh, you know when you think about even in my my company, uh, which is not you know an SAP sized company yet, obviously, but. You know, when you think about the early days when you're sitting there kind of putting things together and saying, okay, what is the tight feature set that you're going to want here? Um, you know, it's much easier to do that when you're not servicing masters, you know, who say, oh, hey, could you just add this one thing here? Or, oh, could you just add this one feature here? Um, because, you know, the second that, you know, you start saying, okay, God, this is such a big contract. All right, let's add this feature. And then you get to another customer and they're like, ah, oh, you know, we want to do this. But could you just add this one thing in here? All of a sudden, you know, you take that, you know, to the power of N, and, you know, you end up with a sloppy mess, right? And I think a, the reason that people are really unsatisfied with enterprise software today is a lot of these companies have taken this approach of, you know, i got to close deals, i got to close business, and, you know, I'm going to be willing to sacrifice uh, and add a feature here for this guy and a feature there for that guy, uh, and then you end up with something that's not crisp and clean uh, and easy, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the challenge, right? You know, there's this fine line of, okay, I need to be reactive to the customers. I need to make sure that the customer is happy. I need to get customers. Um, but do I do that at the expense of creating a horrible experience, right? Because I think most of us can agree that a lot of enterprise software really is um, a horrible experience today, and a lot of that has been driven by people that are too reactive to customers. Um, and so, you know, again, it, to the topic that we're talking about today, when you're in these initial phase, 
you know, if you're thinking about changing a paradigm or changing the way that people do something, uh, you know, to me, having that North Star and saying, okay, I'm committed to seeing whether or not this hypothesis pans out, um, you know, and then having the agility on the other end of it to say, okay, here's what I need to tune. Um, you know, when you hear 10, 10 exact same things from 10 different customers, you know, okay, you know what, that might be a feature that makes sense to lots of people. You know, if you hear, hear 10 different features from 10 different customers, well, you know, maybe, maybe that it doesn't matter to any of them. Uh, and so I think, you know, it's a trap that people really have to watch out for because, uh, again, you end up in, the, in this feature bloat state, and it's bad for the company uh, and it's bad for the end user. Thank you very much for what I want to move on because we're almost at the predictions round. So, Luisa, I'm going to give you one minute to comment on what Fawad said about letting your product development be totally driven by the customer or the prospect who may be a customer down the road. And then I'll give Colleen 60 seconds as well, and then we'll go into our predictions. So, Luisa, what do you think? Agree or disagree? Thank you, Bonnie. I do agree with uh, Fawad. Um, I think that the customer perspective is fundamental. And um, as Ford was saying, if 10 people or 100 people are saying the same thing, that's something you definitely need to consider. But um, the fact is also that um, if you give people the opportunity to um, share their opinions, they will always have many plenty to share and not all of them will be um, things that they would be willing to pay for just to have it available on a specific software. And I would um, say that uh, SAP uh, in, the, in its fundamentals as a company um, in the past as a pure core ERP company um, was, um, you know, it's, it's the, the reality of such a concept, right? Because the, the core of uh, the, the ERP solutions from SAP in the past, and I'm not, you know, making publicity because I'm talking 43 or 44 years ago, was about standardizing what would be the core functionalities that would be required to run a company's business processes, right? It was not about Maria or Bonnie or Colleen or Louisa's will. It would be about best practices of how to efficiently execute um, business processes. And that means that um, they, they had to gather the information, but they had to differentiate between what were nice to have or um, wishes, um, you know, tendencies, or what were real needs and best practices for um, running a company. And I think that the startups uh, face the exact same, um, the exact same challenge um, by having to, one, on one hand, be sure that they are very clear where their North Star is, and then, mm-hmm. you know, be a little bit flexible when, in, when a lot of people are saying the same, and then that means that maybe there's something there that um, they should pay attention to. So uh, generally in agreement with Fawad. Thank you, Louisa. Colleen, I can give you 60 seconds to respond to all of that, and then I'm going to keep you on the line, Colleen Hardwick. I'm going to ask you to give us a 60-second prediction on what will change around the year 2000 or anywhere before or after that you can see clearly in the crystal ball at Play Speak in terms of what will be different about this topic if we met again. So, Colleen, thoughts on what Fawad started and Louisa commented on. Go ahead. Well, you know, think, I've been, been sort of ruminating as I've been listening to the commentary and, and uh, also thinking about my own experience at the same time. Um, really, a lot of what we've heard here is, 
is uh, about really single-sided markets. Enterprise software is an example where you're selling a good or service that you're developing to a client in a, in a single transaction. Uh, the complexity comes in, uh, I think, into the whole discussion when you're dealing with two-sided or multi-sided markets. You know, I look at things like Facebook and, and Google that are, are, you know, at least minimally two-sided markets where they provide a service to consumers that attract consumers for free and then sell advertising to all of the different companies that want to reach those eyeballs. So I just draw that, uh, draw that out because it adds a level of complexity to the whole discussion that I think that, that uh, we have perhaps not touched on here adequately, and how could we? We're, we have limited time. Um, but I think that it is important to look at that because, um, you know, when we, we look at, at models on whether, whether, you know, we, we sell and then sell first and then build or, or build and then sell, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a di- big difference on what kind of, of uh, business that you're dealing with in the first instance. So I just wanted to add that as another layer of complexity on top of what uh, has already been discussed here. In terms of, you know, I, I think about it in, in my own experience, and, you know, that's kind of normal. That's what people do. Um, I had been working on the concept that became PlaySpeak initially as a problem that I was trying to solve. How, do, how can I can consult with people online within certain boundaries in a provable way? Mm-hmm. And I spent several, you know, probably six months workshopping the idea and talking to people in a variety of different areas, ranging from GIS to, to public sector government. And uh, I had come up with a name and, and uh, started to think about branding, all the kinds of things that you're doing when you're developing a new company. Um, but one of my advisors adv- advised me and she said, just get something out there now. Launch a prototype. Get something in the water that people can connect with. And I have found over time that that was the best advice. Get something out there that people can connect with and it will emerge from there. So that that would be my final word of my experience. Uh, Thank you. Colleen, I can give you 45 seconds for predictions. We're really at the clock. So go ahead. What do you see in the future? And thank you for sharing that. I, I, again, I think that the, the, the ultimate prediction is that change is the only constant. Um, you know, we, we've, we know that um, things are changing con- constantly, and if they were not, uh, then, then there would be pause for concern. So the things that we're looking at a few years into the future, I don't think that we could consider anything but that that it's going to constantly be changing. So that's that's really all I can predict. Thank you. Fawad, I can give you 45 seconds for predictions. We're really tight. Go ahead. Uh, You know, I think like Colleen said, we're going to continue on a cycle. You know, every once in a while something's going to be in vogue. You know, Lean Startup comes out, and all of a sudden you have, you know, Lean startup acolytes, you know, lean startup workshops, lean startup classes, and everyone's like, lean startup, lean startup, lean startup, and then they realize, wait a second, I'm building a lot of feature-oriented companies and not solving hard, hard problems, uh, you know, and then you end up with Peter Thiel saying, you know, we're, you know, I was supposed to get flying cars and I've got 140 characters, um, and so, you know, then you'll see kind of this migration back to fat startups uh, and people saying, hey, you know, let's solve big problems, you know, let's make deep investments in technology uh, and put something out. 
uh, that that's substantial. And so I think it just swings back and forth, and you know that's the nature that's the nature of the world. That's the nature of the world. Plus, I change plus all the meme shows. Luis at thirty seconds. Give me a quick prediction, please. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. Uh, a quick prediction. Well, it will be all about change, and uh, change, it's not just a constant, but it's there and accelerating at uh, massive speed. I believe that uh, it, for the upcoming years, change will be driven by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and IoT together. Um, they will shape a very different world than the, than the one we, we know today, and I think that... Um, in in uh, in pure facts they these will bring an an full blown new revolution onto the way the world runs and i think it will have impacts in all areas not just manufacturing or uh, consumer products or retail but uh, also in the day to day of uh, individuals and that is my prediction Thank you, Louisa. We are out of time. I want to thank Colleen Hardwick at Place Speak for what? El Nagar at Sappho and Louisa Silva at the SAP Startup Focus Program calling in from Luxembourg. And, of course, to Maju Banzal for sponsoring the series and Christina Sosa, who was on the line listening. And I think you've been tweeting, Christina. Anybody want to follow the conversation? Hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. We captured a lot of what my panelists are saying. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. The product, the innovation, the idea, the entrepreneur, well, we'll be covering more of that in future episodes of this series. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. For what? I think it's time for somebody to invent a new style seatbelt. It should sing, play music, tell us what not to have for dinner, all that good stuff. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Colleen. Be like Fawad. Be like Louisa. Go out and change the game today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.